Limitless Love for August the 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. Let's pray. Our Father, who art in heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Those are marching orders the Lord Jesus gave to his disciples. When the disciples asked the Lord, teach us how to pray. He said, okay. So when he said, our father, he was saying he was a brother to us, our big brother, Jesus Christ. I always wanted to have a big brother with common sense and discipline that would care for me and, and teach me as a kid, didn't you? I always wondered, well, where was that? It's amazing. When I got older and in my teens, finally a cousin came that was in the military. He gave me a ride from Tucson, to, the, and he was supposed to strengthen me, but he didn't know what to say. He just told me all about his life and everything. And when we went to the town where all the family members, he had the prettiest girl, but she was a little flirtatious with a short skirt. And I said, well, something's not right here. The guy was really disciplined. But all in all, I'm paying attention now. <laughs> After all these years, 50 years later, finally listening to but the beauty of having a person that walks right, talks right, and gives good examples to the young people. To, the Bible says to discipline your passions, discipline yourself. Stay away from dangerous people, places, and things, for they will eat your life forever. You'll get penalized for the next 30 years. You dive into the wrong things with your light turned off keep your light on protect yourself you're made in the image of god do not dive into destroying self destroying others and mocking others life is precious the wonderment of life and we're here to learn this is a continuation school we didn't make it in our last school that's why we're here to learn some people are here to give blessings some people are here to, to give grievances so people will learn. We're all playing a role here. It's a game. Relax. Stay away from evil. It's like kryptonite. You reach your hand and it's corruptive, corrosive. So there's two kinds of corrosives. There's a corrosive in sin that will corrode your life. And there is correction in the Word of God that will correct you to walk so that when we pray, we ask God to correct us. He'll come with a two-by-four, and, and He knows that inside our heart we can be corrected if we can get that common-sense man out. So let's do the right thing. There are no big deals other than the, the God deal. Doing His, his, recommended, his recommendations, the Word of God. He says to keep it, keep reading it. Because you'll lose it. Keep keep pouring it in. And this is what we're doing right now. We're pouring in the Word of God. Here we go. 
Hannett and Gloria Copeland on their book Limited Love for August 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. The Devil's Worst Nightmare. Finally, my brothers and sisters, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Ephesians 6, 10 and 11. Most people don't realize it, but these verses point powerfully to the blood covenant ceremony. They hearken back to the times when men who wanted to cut covenant, kill an animal, stood on his blood and made promises to one another. They swear by the blood, for example, to use every weapon and source of power at their disposal to protect one another. In essence, they would say to one another, You are no longer limited by your own might because we are now joined together. My strength is your strength. My might is your might. Then, as a demonstration of that oath, they exchanged their armors and weapons. That's the image that would come to mind when we read about standing and putting on the armor of God. We should think about that covenant of love God has made with us in the blood of Jesus. We should think about that covenant of blood which God made through Jesus Christ. We, we should picture ourselves standing in the precious blood at the cross and receiving weapons of Almighty God. While our covenant brother, the Lord Jesus Christ, says to us, All power, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore you go, and I'll back you up. It, I'll back you with, with it. Anyone who gives you trouble will have to deal with me. So be strong in me and in the power of my might. And go in the strength that I have given you. In other words, go in the faith that you have, in the imaginations and the ideas and the hunches. Just move forward and speak by faith. When we start thinking like that, the devil will flee from us. He'll back off and say, I'm sorry I bother you. I really didn't mean it. Just put that sword up and I'll leave, I promise. There's only one thing that scares the devil more than a believer who understands the power and privileges of his covenant with God. It's a believer who understands that his brothers and sisters in the Lord were standing in that blood with him when that covenant was made. It's a Christian who knows that just as this covenant of love has made us one with Jesus, it's made us one with each other. The believer with that revelation can't turn against his brother in Christ any more than he could turn against the Lord Jesus himself. He can't criticize that brother and call him an enemy once they stood in the covenant blood together. He can't do it. It doesn't make any difference what the brother looks like or what his background, culture, or denomination is. The blood of the Lamb is between them and and that overcomes everything else. Just the thought of such a holy alliance makes the devil tremble. It's his worst nightmare. And as we move into a greater revelation of our covenant of love, it's a nightmare that is sure to come true. Amen. And that, remember when we started with the Our Father, and we, Jesus is our older brother? 
We are united in that covenant. Amen. Thank you, God. Let's say, let's say a prayer. Lord, we thank you that we are united in you. You are our Father in heaven, Lord God. And we have a covenant made with the blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That we are changed in our hearts. We have brand new hearts in that covenant. And brothers and sisters together, we agree with one mind. The devil is defeated. Jesus is Lord. The devil is a liar. Jesus is truth. The devil's a liar. Jesus is truth. Say this one more time. Say, the devil's under my feet and the devil's a liar. Jesus is truth and Jesus is in my heart. Jesus is in my heart and Jesus is the truth. Amen. Amen. All right, let's move to August the 2nd. Thank you so much for sticking here with me. This is, this is our life. These words are our life. Are we keep our hands clean, our spirit, our minds, and our souls in going over these timeless truths. August the 2nd. It's time to grow up. It is time to grow up. Hebrews 5, 13 and 14, New American Standard says, For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness. Interesting, huh? The word of righteousness, for he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature, who, because of practice, have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Amen. Hebrews 5, 13 and 14. The reason so many Christians are living with unmet needs is because they simply don't know how to walk in their covenant of redemption. It is not because God doesn't love them, nor is it because he hasn't made provisions for them. It's because they haven't learned enough about the word to partake of it. Many of them have been saved for years, but they stayed in spiritual infancy. They're unskilled in the word of righteousness. You could put a baby in a house totally filled with provisions and it wouldn't do him any good, would it? You could stock the refrigerator with all kinds of food and load the closet with blankets and clothes. You could stack enough money around the house to buy him everything he'll ever need. But as long as he is remaining a baby, he wouldn't be able to use a bit of it. That's exactly the situation many Christians find themselves right now. They're surrounded by the provisions of God. The Bible said he has already given them everything that pertains to life and godliness. But they're lying on the floor, crying and throwing a fit, hitting their feet on the ground. God, I just don't understand, they say. Why don't you take care of me? Why don't you supply my need? Don't you love me, Lord? Certainly he loves us. That's why he planned our lives before the foundations of the world. And set aside everything we we'll ever need to be abundantly blessed. But he also expects us to grow up. He is not willing to treat us like babies forever. He requires us to stand on the, our spiritual feet, get our, our Bibles, get, get our Bibles out, and find out what he has provided. He expects us to start receiving those things by faith. Get out my Bible, someone might say. Yes, your Bible. It's a copy of God's covenant agreement with you. 
It spells out his promises and reveals everything he has given you. If you read it, you'll see there is no such thing as a covenant child of God with an unmet need. There are only covenant children who lack the word skills to take advantage of all that's been provided. Remember that the next time you catch yourself thinking God isn't taking care of you, stop immediately and say, Now that's a lie of the devil. God has already supplied all my needs according to his riches and glory. Then get your Bible and find out how to lay hold of that provision by faith. Leave boyhood behind. Grow up and enjoy the benefits of your covenant with God. Amen. Repeat after me. Devil, you're a liar. Jesus is truth. God has already supplied all my need. According to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. All right. Amen. Say that again with me. Say, devil, you're a liar. Jesus is the truth. God has already supplied all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Amen and amen. And now for August the 3rd, the greatest servant of all. In John 14, 13 and 14, New American Standard, it says, Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. John 14, 13 and 14. So often during times of prayer and fellowship with the Lord, our hearts are overwhelmed with the desire to serve Him. Again and again, as we fall more deeply in love with Him, we find ourselves longing to do His will. Lord, I'll do whatever you ask, we say. All I want to do is be a blessing to you. Amen. How many times we all have prayed that prayer? Lord, I'll do whatever you ask, we say. All I want to do is be a blessing to you. It's easy to understand why we feel that way. After all, He is Almighty God. He is the one who loves us with a never-failing love. He is our Redeemer. He is the perfect, omnipotent, marvelous Lord. What's difficult for us is to comprehend is this. Despite our weakness and failures, despite the frailty of our flesh, He feels the same way about us. His heart is full of the desire to serve us. He is saying to us, Just ask me for something, son. Just ask me for something, daughter. I want to be a blessing to you. The very thought of that is offensive to the religious mind. It refuses to entertain the idea that Almighty God would ever put himself in that position of serving us. But the fact is, that's exactly what he has done. Jesus demonstrates that clearly just before he went to the cross by taking off his robe, donning a servant's towel and washing the feet of his astonished disciples. Philippians 2.7 says that to accomplish our redemption, Jesus stripped himself of all privileges and rightful dignity so as to assume the guise of a servant. Amplified Bible. Yes, but that was Jesus, someone might argue. Not the Almighty Father God. 
Jesus himself, the Son, can do nothing of himself but that he sees his Father do. John 5.19 See it the Father do. John 5.19 The Lord drove that point home to me one day when he said to me, Kenneth, won't you do anything I ask you to do? I said, Lord, you know I will, I answered. All you have to do is let me know what you want and I'll do it. I'm on call to you. 24 hours a day, sir. I am the, the same way, he said. I would do anything you ask me to do. Don't you remember my words says that whatever you ask me in Jesus' name, I'll give to you. I'm covenant to you. I'm covenanted to you. I am more committed to you than you are to me. I gave my son and shed my blood for you, says the father. How could I desire to withhold from you anything else? That's the kind of covenant love God has for us. And we need to start believing it. We need to realize that our desire to serve our Lord is just as pale reflection of his desire to sense to serve us our master is truly the greatest servant of all amen and amen amen let's pray heavenly father we thank you lord god in the heavens for your great love lord we ask you lord god today that you will give us signs lord if anything you want us to read we'll, we'll find something we will thank you for the problem and then look for your reading material. Anything that comes against us will be a reminder to thank you and to wait for your strength, your direction, and your material that you might want us to read, Lord God. Direct us according to your word, Lord, or direct us according to your signs and wonders, Lord God, in heaven. But I know you prefer your work. It is hard work for us to take time and to learn and to read and to put other things aside, Lord. Lord, we ask you to help us with those other things as we read your word. Help us with our projects. Help us with our homework. Help us with our utilities, the maintenance, and the things that we need to do for ourselves and for others to maintain a peaceful environment. Lord, in other words, help us in our household. Help us in our work, Lord God, in the heaven. As we read your word, demonstrate yourself faithful in, in the areas of our lives where we need you most, Lord. We thank you and we praise you, Lord. And thank you for taking care of this portion of our lives, the word of God that abided forever and ever in our hearts. Thank you, Father, for today's session. We love you and we praise you. And you're doing a great job, Father. High five. I love you. Thank you for being my friend being our friend in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, family, we have the Holy Spirit that goes with us. It is the Father having adventures and enjoying His creation. We are enjoying, He is enjoying His investment in us. His Son, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, creativity, laughter, and humor that's inside of us. Let's get out there and enjoy our lives today in Jesus' name. Give them heaven, family. Have a great day.